the yeah, ideas are. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Ideas Hour. Yay! <laughs> Hi, Jacqueline. We are so excited to be putting out our second episode. We hope you all enjoyed our first episode and you feel like you got to know us a little bit through that one, even though it was just a glimpse into our personalities. Into our brains. <laughs> yeah. Our, our single cell. Yes, between the three of us, we have one brain cell that is working. For it's mostly time. Jacqueline's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this week, we're going to switch it up a bit. Last week, we didn't really have a theme of the week. We just kind of introduced ourselves. Um, but this week, we're going to dive right in to a pretty juicy, exciting theme, I would say. Um, we're going to be talking about queerness in media, like the representation of queer people in media, but specifically in music and music videos um, and artwork released by musicians and the public's reaction to that. So what inspired us to have this topic this week for our second episode was the release of Lil Nas X's music video for Montero, Call Me By Your Name. Cause that at the time that we're recording this, um he only released it like around a week ago ish maybe not even so it's been a little bit more yeah around there something it, it's it's pretty it's recent like, it's we released around the same date Ooh. also in this episode we will definitely be talking about gabby's music video oh right that is kind of good <laughs> <laughs> i forget <laughs> you forgot your music videos kind of i wasn't good. thinking about that <laughs> thanks for the plug of course, anytime. Stream Jungle Flame. Her. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we should just get right into it. Alex and Gabby, what are your initial thoughts to this video? What were they when you first saw it? He's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> He's so fine for no reason. I really love the looks in the video. I think that... um the hair whoever was the hairdresser on this project did the damn thing yes um well i think just also just a beautiful video like it's so pretty like the colors like as, like it's just also the cover art i'm just obsessed with the cover art for it because it's like mm-hmm. it's emulating Sistine chapel type of thing that whole like little touch of the, the pretty mm-hmm. touch um that happens to <laughs> Things God and Adam. Honestly, I should know this. The creation of Adam. There you go. The creation. It kind of it's very mm-hmm. that. Um, it's just a really beautiful kind of way. It isn't just like there's a lot of aesthetic elements that I enjoy. Also, the wigs. Truly, the wigs. The costume. The <laughs> <laughs> wig. <laughs> truly, like they get they get the award. They get it. Music video review. Wig. That's it. <laughs> That's all you wig in orbit <laughs> done correctly for this video i would say uh, <laughs> yeah i loved it i had the same reactions i rewatched it like i watched it twice the first time i watched it because i was like wait i have to watch that again i think my favorite part is when he's going down the when he's pole dancing down to hell that's definitely my favorite part and then when he's like i allowed to say grinding on this 
when he's like grabbing on the can. devil. Of course you can. That's also the best. I will right say there. though, the devil, Satan, this man. I don't know why, but the way that the prosthetics of it made me crack up. It, like, <laughs> like that's my one critique. Sorry, Lil Nas X, but like <laughs> funny. I was like, what am I looking at? I think if it would have been more scary, it really would have done like if that would have got I mean it got backlash, like it got mad yeah. backlash. We know why. He it's didn't awesome. play the devil, right? Because I know that he played pretty much every like he was like the only one in it. But was he playing the devil too? I could not tell. I don't think so. It didn't look like his face struck. Yeah, it didn't look Ooh. like him, but he I'm played not. literally everyone else, so I wasn't sure. Um I wouldn't be surprised if he played him because I mean, could have been I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's also like separately um on this topic. Nothing that just came to mind. Something that we talked about in my I'm taking a class right now called like women and witches on stage slash theater. Um women and witches on stage? Yeah, That's what? Yeah. So we talk about like how like women, like my professor argues that like when anyone says like a woman they, they're not really calling like a woman sorry. when they're referring to women as witches they're not really calling them witches they're calling them like bitches essentially mm. kind of this idea of like sexism and like misogyny especially in text whatever um yeah. so it's kind of like kind of the base when we start off with and we start reading a bunch of texts and like how ageism sexism and racism play into that and one thing we were talking about is how in a lot of like witch texts and early texts whatever like darkness and evil and the devil's always associated with blackness and associated mm. with like the black man and like mm. what that means. I think it's interesting in the context of this because Lonas well, is a black rapper and how he's using um the iconography of like Christianity and the devil himself in some ways to contrast that. Yeah. It's kind of a flip on the head. I I feel like I have so much to say about this because if there's one thing that I really admire in a lot of music videos and art overall that I've seen is kind of the reclamation, I guess, of the reclamation of damnation. <laughs> the like, I guess the the spin that people put on like Catholic and religious art. As someone that was a Grace Catholic myself, like I've always found the aesthetics very beautiful and there's definitely I've I've been like kind of following but also not really like the controversy that went around his music video and just kind of like the argument that he put in that like as a child like he grew up to hate himself because of religious societal standards especially because of that utterness that you feel when you're queer when you're black when you're brown and so in a way it is taking that agency back into one's own power through this like huge societal construct of such like religion is. And so I find it really interesting because like all these, it's kind of a stretch, but you say that and it makes me think about like the Salem witch trials and like how women have kind of like taken the reclamation of like witch, bitch, so on and so forth. And I, I personally am a fan. I really do like the Montero music video. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not up to celebrities to raise children and any kind of critique is like very like, I think all art is valuable in some way, even if it's like a critique of the time, if it's like showing like evolution. So like, I think it was very beautifully executed because the visuals obviously we discussed, Wig were there. And I just think that the concept is very 
creative i really like enjoy the tiktoks that they've made off of it like listening like in heaven to like him <laughs> sliding down the platform y'all seen that <laughs> so funny <laughs> yeah i also think it's interesting what you're talking about like flipping it on your flipping those ideas on their heads and like i think so many people in the church like just don't even want to acknowledge queerness and like want that to be like shut behind this door like i don't want to hear about it i don't want to see it so then like when they're exposed to a video that they're like this like their reaction is like like how could you do this my children will see this and mm. as opposed to like thinking about it in terms of like what do you think like what if your child is queer or like comes out as queer later in life uh, like I don't know I saw this tweet about it and it was really funny I found it um someone this is Erica Hart you all probably mm -hmm. know they're yeah they're like a sex educator um they wrote it's so funny to me that people are upset about the music video are you really gonna gag when you learn what the baby queers of the world did in church parking lots and after choir rehearsal or was that just me and I just think mm -hmm. it's so funny <laughs> like, like you're so uh, like outraged by this and thinking that it's somewhere else when really like queerness is in your church and you don't know it and you don't want to admit it. I do think it's like very telling also as like Jacqueline like started to mention just how willing people are to shut out that otherness be it through the queer, the black body and it's just very upsetting to me because rather than analyzing why these why this work of art is coming up you know like everything has an intention yeah it's almost like making the sin like whatever the opposite of sin is like a good deed or something mm. you know like, and i think that in itself is very powerful because you're not you're not taking a, like it's reclamation you know you're not taking away the ideas of like what sinfulness means but you're like owning it using for agency. yourself mm -hmm. yeah and like using it in a different way yeah it's like um yeah it's like i it's like, yeah well, i'm not thinking right now but definitely like <laughs> agree with just like in terms of just like turning the sin idea or the sinful elements of it um that are perceived or imposed rather by larger constructs and really in some ways just re-examining what it really is what is being sinful about it like what is really sinful about queer love what is really what is really after even just the different aspects of it mm -hmm. um and just posing that question i think it really it's just like what is sinful about it what mm -hmm. dictated as sinful about it because i think i think in some ways that's what little nonsense was doing mm -hmm. really putting yeah. it in the front like what is about him doing these type of things, things that are very commonplace, or things that are just like an expression of gender, expression of himself, expression of different things, or the feminine rather, even, and then being viewed as a sinful, as a being damned. Yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting. This is related, but kind of moving in a slightly different direction, but I'm curious what your thoughts are on this, both of you, like, I'm thinking of like the song 1950 by King Princess and like Take Me to Church by Hosier and all these songs that like, well, Hosier is more complicated because like he 
doesn't identify as gay, but like he wrote that he wanted it to like be a gay anthem. Uh, and like King Princess, she does identify like she's she's very gay, but like they're obviously they're both white musicians. And I think those songs, just those two songs I'm thinking of specifically, like they're kind of more subtle. Like like if you don't listen closely and like know the artist, then you wouldn't really pick up on the fact that they're talking about like gay things or queerness at all. And I think when a white artist is like, first of all, I think they're praised in like a different way for being subtle about like mm -hmm. their sexuality. And at, at the same time, if they're not subtle, like there's not as big of a reaction, but like when Lil Nas is just like, yeah, I just wanted to like talk about, well, I can't like this. Is, I, I was going to say a word that's too inappropriate for the podcast, but like, just, like he just wants to talk about sex and like have it be clear that he's talking about sex and not be so condemned for it but because he's black like mm -hmm. it's never gonna go that way for him well so I'm just curious like I know we've already talked about this like but like what are your thoughts on like this requirement of like being subtle about it that reminds me of I don't really have fully fledged that it reminds me of why or rather James Baldwin's Giovanni's Room um ah. like author and novelist yeah and Giovanni's yeah. room necessarily isn't necessarily about that. I think there, I think there was an article, an interview, a TikTok that I saw, one of the three that time it was doing an analysis of that and talking about like how James Baldwin wanted to rather focus on that, maybe with Giovanni's piece, because he knew that being queer, being black, and writing that in a book would have been very controversial for its time. Yeah. Um, in like the 50s, 60s, everyone has written, but 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 in some ways, like by using it as an outlet talking about that he understood that using that name it's a great book um great yeah just came to mind yeah no yeah that's a really good connection I hadn't thought about that but I mean this like this is talked about in so many like pieces of writing not just in music obviously yeah yeah I'm really glad you bring that up actually because I was just thinking while we were like talking I was like going through like my Spotify like music just to look at like any artist that came to mind. And I think a lot about like King Princess and Claro and Girl in Red specifically who are like worshiped as these like lesbian sapphic icons. And it's always, the I, despite the fact that a lot of our movements for queer liberation are fronted by trans black women, it's always queer white women sapphic white women that are always like at the forefront as these icons when yeah. for instance like i'm thinking about the um artist chica oh i love chica yes yes and so recently she like posted this tweet that was like calling out like the people that called her wholesome mm. because oh, i think i know, know exactly what you're talking about yeah, and that just came to mind because it's like it is kind of strange because like Chica has talked about sex. That's in very rap. interesting. You brought that up. I was just talking about this with my partner the other day because I'm. I think we're talking about the same thing. She talked about how like this is kind of getting into a whole other conversation, but it's still very like on the topic of queerness um, in music. Like because she presents like more masculine when she raps about like eating pussy and like sex like she isn't as condemned for it as someone who's like more femme presenting 
like with Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion mm-hmm. and WAP, like, and people call her wholesome for it because like, like she was we making, talking about the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. She thinks like, she thinks they call her more wholesome for it because like, she's more mask presenting. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting. That's like a whole nother layer. Yeah. That's, that's just something that came to mind right now. Cause I'm personally Sid originally from the internet um she's a solo artist and I really love her work I could think about a lot of like sapphic black and brown women and like for instance like Ravina, Rina Sawayama who's like half Japanese and half British and just like all this amazing like queer content like I'm not dismissing any musical talent but it does kind of annoy me to an extent that like, you know, like whenever, just like, you know, limp wrist and like whenever we like have like those queer signalers, it's always like Taylor Swift or like, do you listen to Girl in Red? Like, I don't, I don't listen to Girl in Red and yeah. I'm still very queer Yeah, <laughs> and it just like, annoys me. Yeah, it's like a test. I feel like it's a test of your sexuality to the person that's asking that question. Yeah. Like people literally will say like, oh, the test of whether or not you're bi is like, do you like Phoebe Bridgers? And I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> yeah, I literally don't know who that is. <laughs> I actually like Phoebe Bridgers, but I'm not bi. So I've seen <laughs> I've seen you post Phoebe Bridgers in our in our group Spotify mixes. That's the that's my introduction of Phoebe Bridgers and I haven't listened no disrespect <laughs> again no disrespect I want to say I want to like force say this one no disrespect to any of these artists whatsoever unless they're racist and I don't know about it in that case all my disrespect I'm just like outwardly saying as a brown queer woman that it is very annoying to me that like the standard the like forefront of queerness is always King Princess and Claro and Girl in Red because it dismisses a lot of different experiences and queerness that don't constitute of their experiences. And they're always, white queerness is always a lot more accepted for cultural reasons, for like the American normalization that like, thankfully, you know, like here, it's like becoming more talked about overall, but like their queerness is not my queerness. And so like, to some extent, it always does annoy me whenever they are like the standard, whenever people, I mean, you know, yeah. people people are queer in different ways, but it's just annoying to have a standard and have it always be white. With that being said, I love Hosey. <laughs> and <laughs> I think there's something very lesbian about him. It just, it just very sapphic about Hosier, and I really do, I really do like him. I don't know anything about him, but I, I do trust that man somehow. <laughs> the only man I trust. That and Howl's moving capital. That and Howl and Harry Styles. That's my trifecta of white. Well, no, that's my trifecta of men that I do trust. And Avin Jogia. Damn, Alex, please. <laughs> You're challenging my placement as a misandrist. You can't do this to me in public. <laughs> Not on air. Oops, I just pay attention to your story. Thank you. Thank you. I do trust Avon Jogia a lot. I like that man a lot. Avon Jogia, if you're listening to this, I am free on Thursday night. <laughs> I'm free. <laughs>
<laughs> he's with a girl or whatever <laughs> that she oh, can't whatever. fight but whatever <laughs> he has a girl or whatever, or whatever. Oh my God. yeah i mean i totally agree with your whole point that you just made gabby it was like 30 seconds ago now but when you were saying it i really agreed with it <laughs> so kind of to switch gears a little bit still on the same topic switch the gears yeah switch those gears okay. um so i'm just curious what our thoughts are on queer baiting as a concept mm. first of all and then queer baiting as a concept like in music videos and then we can kind of get into like the nitty-gritty of like specific music videos but what like when you hear the word queer baiting what do you think of this idea there's a general idea of who comes to mind <laughs> i mean whatever you want um i think of miss miss grande gabby is excessively clearing her throat <laughs> putting her hands menacingly put miss grande in um break up with your boyfriend on board because i, re- I remember when that video came out with your girlfriend on board but i see why you got there because at the end of the video she yes. curved, but Maybe it's, Alex, maybe it's because all the gay men that I knew who followed that would <laughs> like that. That's a different issue regarding lusting over straight men and their whole whatever. That's a different story. Um, but yeah, in that video, like this whole thing going on, and in the end, she ends up with like a woman, and it's like, whoa, it's like she was gay the whole time. Wow. And I'm like, that that's it? That's is this the moment? Because wasn't I don't sense no moment. Honestly, yeah. it's it's a very interesting thing because it's what it is doing. Like what queer baiting is is like making the fact that someone is or might be queer or like you're alluding to the fact that someone in the room is gay. That's like the punchline. That's like the oh my god, like what? And then the music video just ends. Yeah. Like like no like there's no other like it's kind of to me saying like if someone is gay then that's like their whole personality mm. interesting also like it reminds me of those like um those tiktoks and people are like putting stuff on the floor saying wow i hope a so-and-so won't follow me <laughs> it's like it reminds me of that but just in a rather like menacing i hope the lgbt community doesn't stream my album <laughs> literally it's or it's like when um on a separate tangent i don't know if this relates to that but it reminds me of when uh taylor swift released that video i think a year ago two years ago the the what's it called the oh my god is the one with her and katie perry or it's like she invited all like lgbtq icons onto the queer eye guys were on it yes it's like um oh my god you're asking the wrong person oh it's like it's something about seven a.m. You can do what you want or something. Yeah, it's something about being mad or whatever, and it's like basically saying like, "Don't be mad," something like that. But it's like, hold up, I gotta look this up. Be glad. We gotta find. We gotta. Find. <laughs> I gotta look this up because. 
when while you're looking that up alex just one more thing about the ariana video i remember when that came out everyone was like people were like well maybe she's not kissing another woman maybe what she's supposed to be doing in that moment is like she really found herself and like she's coming back to her so much and it's like she's looking in a mirror and it's not the other woman and i was like first of all that's not what it that's not like that's not herself and second of all the stretch analysis the real (laughs) stretch of analysis yeah and i feel like it's just it's like such a thick veil but it's just homophobia really Mm. and i mean it's a pattern in her career i know um gabby you said she had done that also in 34 plus 39 i think didn't she or like alluded to like the sapphic you know what now that i think about it i remember that victoria monet who is also a bisexual icon I love Victoria Monet. That is my baby. Victoria Monet, if you ever not doing something on a Thursday night when I'm free on a Thursday night, I'm just making it known that I will be free on the Thursday night, then you can do anything with me on the Thursday night. But anyway, um, they had a song together and I don't remember what it's called, but I just remember because it went viral. Like, yeah, or like Ariana was like, I like women and men. Yeah, thanks so fucking much. And so like, I'm not sure now that I think about it, if she's queer baiting. But to some extent, you know, like, I feel like when you put out, like, queer, queer baby e content without, like, clarifying, it kind of does become into a commodification. And getting into that, yeah, because I got a lot to say on queer baiting, it was my whole childhood. (laughs) Um, Because I remember specifically Rihanna and Shakira, who are two of my crushes to this day. And their music video, Can't Remember to Forget You. Not that either of them has come out as, not that I believe in coming out, you know, which is also why this whole thing is so nuanced because I do feel like you don't need to come out. And like my views over time have like changed over like me as an artist about like how much I want to like reveal about myself and my music and like how much you need to explain yourself to the public. So, you know, these things are very nuanced, but like, I did grow up like I feel like I did grow up seeing a lot about it as like a closeted person like I would accept the crumbs I had no problem with it specifically thinking back to Katy Perry's infamous I kissed a girl where I saw no problem with it I thought it was very sexy fun cool when I was a kid I was like yeah I kissed a girl I liked it but oh my god it like went it like resurfaced virally again on tiktok recently and i just like listened to like the slowed reverb version and like really listened to the lyric i love slow reverbed anything but i like really listened to the lyrics and i was like oh my god this is insanely biphobic and i don't even know whether to identify as bi like these days i like don't really put a label on myself but it to some extent like listening to it as like someone that's more confident in my sexuality at my big age you know like I listen to this and I'm like what message is it sending out like yeah queerness is so risky so fun so sexy but it's like they to some extent I feel like bi-ness in the media is all bi-ness bisexuality in the media is always this like risque like topic to be just the way that women are always like women's bodies and women's sexuality is always commodified for advertisement and media and I feel like that 
has caught on as a big trend, especially like in the 2010s and the in the 2000s overall. Like, just when it's a woman, you know, Playboy exists. We know that like women are con- like commercially successful for our bodies, but when it's two women, it even gets like more controversy. It gets clicked, like you know, it gets clicks. It's queer baiting, and yeah. it's wrong. And I didn't feel anything wrong with it because it takes me back to like the saying, like not all representation or like they're not representing you. They're like advertising to you. Yeah. And not that that really like fits in here, but it just it's how I feel about it. Because like I would be a kid and I wouldn't feel any type of way about it. I'm like, oh, nice. Girls kissing. 2007 YouTube entry or whatever but like now (laughs) but now it's like I don't like that because what does that say to like baby gays and like um no I don't even know your name it doesn't matter like type thing like bisexuality or like sapphism is just like this like other like going back to the idea of otherness and it being like a taboo and like this is our taboo this is our little secret our our dirty little secret like what is that really saying yeah. I mean, that completely relates because the idea of like commodification in the music industry is like, you're, you know, like a big way people get famous is queer baiting sometimes. So I think that's yeah. what And I, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. I can very much relate to like things that I used to think were fine. Um, and like knowing what I know now, like going back and hearing those things now, I'm like, wow, I really was just craving like any form of like mm-hmm. anything not mm-hmm. in some ways. Like I was willing to overlook so many things or just not notice them in the first place. Um, but particularly what you were saying with like bisexuality, like it's always so interesting to me because like that that the way you talked about how we see it as like a risky thing or like you know like oh it's just fun to like experiment I think that's Mm -hmm. how people often think of bisexuality in particular Mm -hmm. like like oh you just have to choose a side like that's not a real thing blah blah blah. like I could talk about this for a long time Uh, but yeah I think that was a really good point and made me think about my own like upbringing and stuff so yeah definitely agree yeah I just feel like bisexuality is very misrepresented overall and then like it being misrepresented in the media as this commodity for sales for like Mm -hmm. you know for attractiveness is just all the more damaging because when you really think about it like not a lot of people actually know what bisexuality is. They always connotate it to a binary. Yeah. They like, not to say that we all gotta be like academic and read the bisexual manifesto in 1990 because not everyone knows about that. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. But the work of queer baiting, specifically like bisexuality baiting in the media is just so harmful. And it shows how these things get so misrepresented and how they become harmful, how like sexuality becomes weaponized against like baby gays as this like either risque, fun, experimental thing that always has a victim because there will always be someone who's experimenting and then someone who 
is serious at the low end of the stick. Yeah. And it's partially because of the media, because people are not on the same pages of like how to define themselves and what it really means. And especially like in my youth, like I would be lying if I said that I always understood what like sexuality was, especially as a kid. Like we all like have harmed people and we all have been harmed. And a lot of it goes back to like a lot of the roots of these problems go back to queer baiting, at least in my opinion. For sure. I don't think a lot of people realize how deep, like, well, first of all, how deeply we're affected by, like, the media and how it's really everywhere and everything, but then, like, how deeply we're affected by queer baiting. Because I think it's it's just, like, another one of those terms people like to throw around, especially in, like, circles like ours, like, you know, equity, diversity, inclusion work, like people like to throw it around, but yeah, I agree. It affects us all like on a deeper level than I think we talk about. Boo. Yeah. Makes you think, makes you think. Um, that was heavy. We're taking a moment to let I'm taking it. a moment. Commercial break. I'm looking at my, my gay music playlist and I will throw out three recommendations. We have um, Dive by Victoria Monet. We have Still Dreaming by Ravina. Oh, we have In Your Eyes by Bad Bad Not Good featuring Charlotte Day Wilson. And get away by Asian. That's Asian with an H between the A and the N. Okay, let me look at my playlist. Let's all recommend some songs. <laughs> well, I already got called out for Phoebe Bridgers, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna lay a little quiet. Here. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you think it'd be fun? to let people know maybe not this episode but the next like what's on our playlist on our stuff that would really expose us but it would be fun (laughs) playlists are kind of funny because i name them by like emotions and like feelings so i have like one called euphoria one called nostalgia melancholy i have one called euphoria too i have one called nostalgia too oh my god so given all this that we've talked about today um, I guess I want to ask a question that's more like hopeful and brighter and lighter. Um, what do you all hope for as like the future of queer representation in music videos? Like, what would you love to see? And Gabby, this is where I want you to plug yourself. <laughs> <laughs> because my answer to this question is I would love to see more music videos from Gabby. And more more content that is like your music video that you made, honestly. Like, I loved it so much. And I thought it was so beautiful and so full of, like, just, like, love in so many ways and, like, queer love in so many different ways. Um, And that's really, like, the future I want to see for more artists and, like, more music videos. I want to see, like, how they think of their love and, like, their queer families and kinship. 
Thank you for that, Jacqueline. That made me so happy. Yeah. Um, Stream Jungle Sing or whatever. Spotify doesn't really pay me that well. But yeah, I definitely feel the same way. Just really tired of queer trauma mm-hmm. in music and film and literature and everything. Mm-hmm. And so like my counteract to that is like queer euphoria. Uh, the music video that I made for like the people ha- that haven't watched, I thankfully was able to have three of my best friends. Um, so Jungle Flames of Flower, and so the filmmaker wanted like four girls, including me. So like I called in like three of my best friends. One that's local, two that go to Ithaca College. Shout out to Sadie and Annie, and they they are all queer women, queer brown women. It did mean a lot to me, and I like emphasize that to my filmmaker Yami Matias that I wanted it to be as authentic as possible because the the song was like written from like the pure space that I had in my heart. I'm thinking of like for instance like Ravina's Miss Temptation music video where like the ending is so happy. She's with this black woman. I wish I knew her name right now, and they're like laying in a garden. And it's just very beautiful. Like it ends in such a happy, it starts from an admiring stance, not one that's like this, even though like it's called temptation, but like it doesn't end how you would assume that a lot of these like sinful temptations like takes on queerness and music would go, they end up happy. And that's just really what I want to see. I just want to see queer people be happy. Yeah. That's really it. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Definitely agree with being said. And also just like, yeah, I mean, like I've seen videos a lot talking about like destigmatizing all these kind of narratives and like moving away towards like some like as Gabby was saying, these idea of euphoria and the idea of just like and Jacqueline sings as well about like kind of like I don't know, playing around these like beautiful ideas that we experience and emotions that we experience on a daily basis, queer folk, and like just embracing in that moment, even if it's like that existence. And I think also I'm a big fan of going back to Lil Nas X. Going, I'm just a big fan of like the production <laughs> aspect of it, like this whole fantastical element of it, because I think, I think that's just like like iconic, and I just think it's a really, I don't, know, I think, like in a, on a different like aesthetic private view, like that's also a really nice way, just to reimagining like narratives and like stories and like these things that we're that typically are nine most of the time like you know centered on like heterosexuality and like this like all that just mixing that in with queerness and how to like really expose that and how to like just reinterpret things i think that's a really fun way i'm a big fan of reinterpretation as probably if you've heard me talking about it um and i think it's just a fun way plus like the wigs come on like more wigs Wig. like it's just a good way because i think and it, it you know if if some of this cis het folk can like do these have these intense production values and these intense narratives and these kind of like you know big aspects why can't queer folk have that like reimagine themselves in these like existences and like play around this fantastical element which is in some ways fanta- fan- fantasy is inherently queer coded in many ways. Yeah. yeah yeah i think with each music video he releases lil nas should get just get like taller and taller wigs <laughs> That should be his goal. <laughs> Someone pitch this to his team. Someone pitch this to his team. Eventually, that wig will be as tall as I am. That's not a lot, but it's a lot for a wig. That's not that tall, Gabby. <laughs> but it's a lot for a wig. 
So lots to carry on your head. Uh, well, thank you both so much for such a wonderful talk. I'm I love our podcast. I love these conversations we get to have and be paid to have them. So thank you. <laughs> Not that we only do them because we're paid. We do have fun. Exactly. I would do this. I would do this for free. Yeah, this is what I do for free with my friends every day. So <laughs> great. Pay queer folks. Pay queer folks. Or your local queer business, queer artists, support Jungle Flame. Yeah. <laughs> Period. A link to Gabby's music video in the post mm-hmm. with this episode. Thank you. Thank you. My head is so big. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you everyone for listening and tune in to our third episode. It's going to be another great conversation. And Yeah, have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye.